chapter 6. I think we're going to come back to this story in two weeks on Sunday morning. Um, I've read through this story numerous times in my life, and uh, every time I read through it, I get something else out of it. And uh, and I, I'm excited. I hopefully, plan right now is to preach um, on this story of Achan and the Battle of Ai uh, in two weeks. Of course, next week we've got the Lord's Supper that we're going to do, and then um, and then I've got a series that I want to get into. But I might I might come back to this passage uh, first before we go into a new series on Sunday mornings. Um, but that being said, we're in Joshua. Uh, chapter 6, um, out of curiosity, is there anyone here who does not know the story of Achan? Is there anyone who does not know the story of Ai, the battle of Ai? All right, good. When I think of this, this is uh, horrible when we're recording this, and I'm still going to say it, uh, but when I come to it, I immediately think of the Lion King. Um, are you Achan for some bacon? Um, and so... Um, so I've got it written down here in my notes, are you Aiken? Um, but, uh, it's, it's a little different than that. Um, <clears throat> not that I'm promoting Disney or anything like that, but that's where I always go to. Uh, but I've got a lot of history with Pumbaa and Timon in my life that I'll have to save for another time. Um, maybe after we stop recording, I'll tell you before we leave today, a story, um, that sits well in my heart. Um, Joshua chapter six. Oh boy, what a start. Uh, let's go to verse 17. We looked at this last week. Um, this was the Battle of Jericho before the, uh, the screaming and the, uh, the charging of Jericho. God says, uh, Joshua speaking, but through the commandment of the Lord. Verse 17, Joshua 6, verse 17. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, and all that are in, uh, with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Verse number 19 says, But all the silver and gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come unto the treasury of the Lord. So we understand the commandment, right? We looked at it last week as well. But they're told when you go in to take Jericho... Uh, everything gets destroyed, the people, um, the city, with the exception of, of Rahab and everyone in her house, um, and then the, the, the riches, so to say. When you, we'll read about this in the other, some of the other conquerings of, of the children of Israel, but typically if you raided and overtook a, a, a country or a city, you would keep the spoils, that you'd be able to spoil uh, the land, so you take the gold and the silver and the the you know the jewelry and all the precious things, and you could spoil it. And a lot of times they they would go in a normal army. You'd, whatever you got, you got. Now different kings had different rules and what whatever, but they're commanded here in Jericho that uh, they aren't supposed to take anything. They're supposed to get get these certain things, and it goes into the treasury of the Lord, which ultimately was the bank of the nation. Uh, in, in material thinking, and uh, it was all going to go there, and uh, they could not keep anything. And he says very clearly uh, to not touch the accursed thing, uh, or you will be accursed, and uh, Israel, the camp of Israel, a curse and trouble it if you do so. 
All right, so now let's flip the page, or at least in my Bible, to chapter 7. And, uh, and that brings us here. So we know they went and they got Jericho. They did what they were supposed to do. We read about the, uh, um, the, the uh, uh, Rahab and the spies and them getting her and her family and all that kind of stuff there in chapter 6. Verse number 1 of chapter 7 says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Now I want to stop real quick. Um, it's referred here in verse 1 as the children of Israel. Not a child, but the children of Israel. Um, now again, I go back to the fact that God said if one person takes, it affects the whole camp. Now, uh, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks. I want to be careful how much I say now versus then. But um, I, I think, one, I think a, a person in the wrong relationship with God can have an impact negatively on a church. This is not being written about the church. This is, this is talking about Israel and direct commandments given to Israel. And I've heard it my entire life, um, but nonetheless, uh, it's, I think sin in one person can affect the church and the effectiveness of the church and the impact of a church. But this is talking about specifically Israel. This, this is the point of this passage. Okay, so let's be careful how much we attribute things. Um, it sounds great as a pastor to say one person ruins everything. Um, the reality is if that was the case, the church would have no chance, right? <laughs> no chance at all. Um, but the Bible teaches us that uh, the gates of hell will prevail against it uh, and God will, will knock it back. It, it ain't nothing going to conquer the church because um, God's in control. God's the cornerstone. He's the, head, the headstone. Anyways. So it says, though, that the children of Israel committed a trespass, when in reality a child did. Um, and, and we read about that, though. It goes on and says, For Achan, uh, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah. Now listen, I, I, this is another thing I, I don't get with Scripture. And if I care at all when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask, why? Who cares? What, why did we include all these people? I mean, there's, there is a purpose to some degree, but... At the end of the day, just of the tribe of Judah would make more sense to most of us than naming Carmi and Zabdi and Zerah. Okay, I don't, I don't care, but God does for whatever reason. He put it in there for us. So anyways, Achan uh, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And again, I just look at this and I'm going, okay, a person did this. But the beginning of the verse, it says the children of Israel committed a trespass. At the end of the verse, God was angered against the children of Israel, not Achan. Now, he was angered at Achan. Um, I, I think, and, and, and please allow me to, to share my opinion here. I believe this goes into the idea of accountability. Um, we got to help each other. We got to look out for each other. We got to encourage each other. We've got to keep each other accountable in a biblical sense. And the fact that Achan was able to do this, even though I'm sure he was being sneaky, I'm sure he was hiding it, I'm sure he was being careful and all that kind of stuff, I think this points to the aspect of accountability. God said, if any of you, and a clear, clear uh, commandment, if any of you take anything, the whole camp is going to be affected by it. In that case, the whole camp should be watchful for it. And they weren't. So anyways, Achan took... And God was, uh, his anger was kindled against the children of Israel. Verse 2, uh, Joshua sent, um, this, this now gets into the battle of Ai. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, uh, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. 
And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the men, uh, not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. Uh, so they went up thither of the people, about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, and they chased them from before the gate, even unto uh, Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the heart of the people melted and became as water." All right, so we see a couple things here uh, in this battle. We see that Joshua sent men to go check it out. The men came back, and the report was, we don't need everybody. Uh, so let's just send, send some. So Joshua sent some. They go out there, and all we read about this battle is it did not work. Um, I mean, God doesn't give us a lot of detail, but what it says after the people told Joshua, let's just send a few, Joshua did, and next thing you know, they're running from before the army of Ai. And, and they're losing. They lost that battle. That battle did not go as uh, planned, as thought, and all those sorts of things. All right, so that's what we read about this first attempt at Ai. What happens? Verse number 6. Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel, so the leaders all did this. They put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, where did we fail? No, he didn't say that. He said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us around and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? To me, this comes across as the attitude before Jordan. Why did you bring us here to die? Now, that's not ultimately Joshua's attitude here, but what I get in verse number 6 through 9 is questioning of God. Moses had this to a degree where he would ask God or bring up to God, hey, how are, the, how are the enemies of God going to view you as a result of this? Right? He would say they're going to question you. They're going to question the things that you did for your people and all that kind of stuff. Let's maintain your good name, God, and get the victory. Um, and so Joshua, underneath the leadership of Moses, would have heard similar prayers and thoughts. And I think that's generally the attitude of Joshua here. But what I read and the way that I see it is a questioning of God. Um, God, why did you make us fail? God, uh, uh, why did you deliver us uh, into these people's hands? Uh, the rest of the people now are going to come and, and defeat us. And next thing you know, our name, your name will be wiped off the earth. Um, that kind of mentality. Well... This is the wrong first step in failure. If when we fail, our first question is, God, why? Why did you let me do that? God, what were you thinking? Uh, the first step should always be uh, pointed at me. God, what did I do wrong? Now, that's not to say that when we fail in people's eyes, we've always done something wrong. Uh, I want to make sure that's clear. 
Um, but what did David pray in uh, Psalm 139.23? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. I really feel like Joshua's prayer should have been worded differently. I don't know that he was having a bad attitude necessarily. Um, it comes across to me wrong, but, uh, but I think the, the prayer should have been, Lord, what did we do? Why, why did we fail? Search us. Is there something that we did wrong? Um, God does reveal the issue. Um, verse number 10, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Uh, he did this to Moses once as well, by the way. Similar, similar idea of what, why. Before the Red Sea, I don't know if you remember or not, but before the Red Sea, uh, Moses was praying, talking to God, and God said, why are you here talking to me? <laughs> Which is kind of wild because that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, but he says to Joshua, why are you down in your face? He said, Israel has sinned. And they have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken uh, of the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled uh, also, and they have put it even uh, among their own stuff. I love that word stuff in scriptures. Uh, verse 12, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned uh, their backs and were accursed. Excuse me, turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Why did, um, let me ask it this way. What have you heard? You're going to have to answer. What, what are reasons you've heard the battle of AI was a failure? I'm curious. What, what were you taught? Sit in the camp. Has anybody else heard another reason why failure in AI? No? Well, good. You guys had good, good pastors. I've always heard Joshua took the advice of the people, his spies, and never went to God. He didn't ask God, how do you want us to attack AI? He sent men, which is nothing wrong with that, and they came back and said, we should only send a few. And Joshua said, fine, and sent a few. And I've always heard coupled in with sin in the camp was, Joshua never asked God. As a matter of fact, I've preached that before. Um, uh, Joshua didn't ask God. He just trusted his people went on the advice of his, of his human ca- uh, uh, counselors, and had he went and prayed and asked God, God would have told him there's sin in the camp and you can't go. Um, now, again, we don't read where Joshua didn't ask God. We, he didn't, we don't read where he did. We also don't read that he didn't. But God doesn't say, Joshua, had you just asked me before AI, I could have told you what was going to happen, and you didn't. That's why you lost. No, um, the, the truth is, the Bible is very clear. The reason why AI didn't work is because there's sin in the camp. Now, had Joshua prayed and asked God and said, God, how do you want us to attack AI? Um, maybe God would have told him. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I have no idea. But uh, I have a feeling that after AI, we don't always read this kind of stuff, but I, I would assume that after AI, at least for a while, they were a little bit more careful before each battle um, with how they planned out the battle. But remember, they just came from Jericho. Jericho, they didn't do anything. I mean, they did something after the fact, but they walked around and the walls fell down. And they did that from the commandment of God. With AI, we don't read of a commandment of how to take AI. We read that they said, let's take a few. 
Um, and, uh, and, and they did. They sent a few, and it did not work. But the reason, God says, um, is because there's sin in the camp. So God tells, tells Joshua in verse 10, you know, why are you down here with uh, dust on your head? I'm paraphrasing, but dust on your head and mourning and, and crying out to me. There, you got something to deal with. There's sin in your camp. You need to go take care of this. And as a matter of fact, he says in verse number 12, uh, he says, Neither, at the end of the verse, neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. God was very clear in Jericho. You're not supposed to touch. Touch not the unclean thing. And he said, if you do, it's going it's to cause a problem for the whole camp. Well, that's a problem. People died as a result of this. Because they went into AI without God's help, and people died. And so uh, Joshua, uh, he's, he, here's what needed to be done. Verse 13, up, sanctify the people, God says, and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou cannot stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Again, very clear. This whole, this whole story, God is very clear in. Um, there's extreme measures needed. Verse 15, and it shall be that uh, he that has taken... With the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. We looked at this in other passages. How does God feel about people who hurt his people? He hates it. Right? Anytime a nation has attacked Israel, what has God done to that nation? He's destroyed them. And that's exactly what's going on here. He says, you have hurt my people, and so we need to get rid of there's going to be a severe consequence for it because you brought folly upon my people. Uh, verse number 18, Achan begins to confess. They, they're going to round everybody up. They're going to bring everybody through. Joshua is going to interview each tribe. Uh, verse 18 is Achan's turn, and he brought his household by, a man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and of the tribe of Judah was taken. And listen, we already told that in verse 1. Why did we have to be told again? It doesn't matter. Um, uh, it's just, you know, I'm going to have that question. Uh, verse 19, And Joshua said unto Achan, my son, I give, uh, my son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw, he says, uh, among the spoils of a, good, a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and, 200, uh, and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and silver under it. Um, so Achan confesses to what happened. The punishment begins in verse 24. Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, uh, the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Uh, wherefore, turn page, uh, the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. A very severe punishment. I've never understood, and I honestly to this day don't understand why um, it had to be that severe. Um, but uh, God was clear. 
if you do this, there is going to be a severe, severe consequence. And Achan and his family and literally everything they owned was destroyed. They had to get it out of the camp. The sin had to be gone. If, it, if nothing else, this teaches us how much God hates sin. It'll ruin your life. It'll hurt people around you. God hates it. And to me, again, I read this and I just, man, it's just, it's tough. It, it's tough. Um, it's tough to read that his kids and his wife, uh, I, I just, you know, what did they do? Well, I guess they helped hide it probably. They knew about it and didn't say anything. And I don't know. But again, it goes back to accountability to a degree as well and the importance of it. But it, it's something that leaves me scratching my head a little bit on. Not that I think it's wrong. I, I, I trust what God, I trust what God does. Uh, but, I, man, it was severe. It was severe. Uh, then they ever return to Ai. Verse number 1 and verse number 2, God gives an assurance that he's back with the people. He says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee. Uh, I highlighted that word all because in the previous chapter it tells us they didn't need to take all of them. Um, he says, All the people of war with thee. And arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his, uh, his city and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai uh, uh, and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. He says this time you guys get to keep. You can spoil it. Which is wild, isn't it? If Ai or if Achan would have just waited, God was going to give him. God, God, I believe, I don't know this, but I believe that God would have given them the spoils of Ai even if Achan had not. But God was teaching the people, you need to obey. You need to obey. You need to trust that I'm going to take care of you. And if I'm with you, no one can be against you. And so he tells them in verse 2, uh, lay an ambush behind them. Uh, gives them a little bit of the, uh, again, the strategy for the war, just like he did in Jericho. Um, uh, they, uh, verse number three, Joshua begins to talk about this, what they're going to do. He chose out 30,000 men of valor and sent them away by night. Um, he, he puts them behind the city, um, to ambush and waste it to dump just for sake of time. Um, he's going to, they're going to set people behind the city. They're going to come up and attack AI. And as soon as the, the AIans come out, they're going to retreat because that's what they did before, and he says they're going to chase after us, and when they chase after us, the other guys can pop up and go into the city and destroy the city, take the city, burn the city, and, uh, and then when they see that their city is burning, they're going to turn back around and come back in, and then we'll, we'll come back and, and we'll defeat them. And, uh, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, the battle, verses 14 through 29, cover the battle of Ai, and, and uh, it say all of what I just said just in a little different way. Uh, but uh, look down in verse 23. It says, And the king of Ai they took alive, and they brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass, when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai uh, in the field, in the wilderness wherein they chased them, and when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all that fell that day, both of men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. For Joshua drew not his hand back 
Um, earlier it tells us that, uh, uh, verse 18, if you want to look there real quick, it says, The Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out thy spear um, that is in thy hand toward Ai, for I will give it unto thine hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear uh, that he had in his hand toward the city. Then now back to verse 26. Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out uh, the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. To me, it's a powerful look. Um, Joshua goes, charge, and he held it out there and waited till everything was done. Uh, verse 27, only the cattle and the spoil of the city Israel took a prey unto themselves according to the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joseph. They obeyed. And Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. And look at verse 29, and the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering of the gate of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that remain unto this day. Incredible. Uh, when God's with you, nobody can be against you. And Joshua and the people obeyed the Lord. They got the, the curse off of their, uh, off of their nation. Uh, they got rid of everything having to do uh, with with the curse, and then they completely obeyed God. Now we're going to see that that complete obedience begins to waver uh, the further they go into the promised land. There's going to be little things here and there that they don't do that God says to do, which was leads you into Judges and all the problems uh, eventually into Babylon uh, as a result of it uh, because they don't completely obey God. But they learned a lesson. The first time they were at Ai, and when they came back to Ai, Joshua made sure we did everything the right way. And they did everything the right way. And they made a statement. Um, you know, back then there wasn't social media, so the people around the world uh, and in that land couldn't, but word spread. And what Joshua's fear was after the first failure at Ai, where he said, God, everybody's going to hear about this, and they're going to... They're not going to be afraid and they're going to attack and they're going to defeat us and all this kinds of stuff. It wasn't going to be a problem anymore. His word was going to spread and a sign was shown by laying the king at the gate and covering him with stones, um, hanging his body for a day, all that kind of stuff. That's a statement being made. Um, and, uh, and Ai was defeated according unto the word of the Lord um, as God told them to do it. And, uh, and that's where success in our life will come to. When we do it, our life according to the word of the Lord, follow what he says, do what he says, and let God give you the victory versus trying to seek it on your own. Um, that's, that's an important lesson to learn. So like I said, in a couple of weeks, I'd like to come back to this story on a Sunday morning. Um, I've got a sermon I'd like to preach, uh, mainly out of chapter 7. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, so we'll probably get back to that in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, there, but let's pray and then uh, we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you for letting us come today. Thank you for the assurance of victory uh, through our obedience. Um, Lord, thank you for being with us. Uh, I know that we we fail many times over, but Lord, we're so thankful that you're willing to forgive when we confess our sins. Uh, Lord, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful to obey so that we can see more victories in our life. Uh, and Lord, that uh, we just follow your word. So guide us and direct us, Lord, I pray, and help us to understand the importance of uh, sin and how it impacts our lives and the need to be righteous, to, to be cleansed. Um, so, Lord, help us in that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.